This is the Barnet Paint Fork Podcast, brought to you by the Barnet Paint Fork, Western North Carolina's home for good times and great concerts. And welcome into the Barnet Paint Fork Podcast. I am your host, Mark Starling, and I'm going to be here with you, well, probably on a monthly basis or so, giving you a kind of an update on what's going on when it comes to the Barnet Paint Fork and the concerts that we've got coming once our season starts to open. But I had a chance to sit down with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Eddie Harwood, who was the founder and creator of the barn. This was his whole idea and his whole concept. We sat down and we talked about exactly how it all got started and exactly where it's all going. Check it out. Okay, so back in 2016, you came up with the idea for the barn, but it wasn't necessarily the barn as it's known right now, right? Right. Okay, what was what was that idea? That idea was because I had uh, I was diagnosed with cancer and I needed a project. And uh whenever I needed a project, I decided I was going to uh build a build like a I guess a, a bar a uh, a private little bar for me and my friends and that kind of stuff and uh, a place that I could have people over and I didn't have to have them at the house and uh, and it just kind of grew from there. So when did the concerts come into play? When I went to Sturgis in 2016, um, I think it was 16 or 17 one hell I don't remember. And uh, I went to Sturgis and I was walking around out there on uh, on. Uh, pallets at full throttle after uh, they had uh, uh, they had moved to the new place and uh, from their old place burning and I was walking around on pallets and stuff and I seen Travis Tritt and and a bunch of others and I thought what the hell if they can do that in the middle of rural South Dakota why can't I do this in Podunk Barnardsville right and but we're not going to be walking on pallets right we're going to be walking on gravel and and there ain't going to be no grass growing in the gravel. Right. So when you, how did you decide on the location that you were going to put the barn in? It just, it was a hog lot. And uh, I just decided, you know, uh, it was my property and I decided I was going to do it without going in debt. And uh, I thought some of the places we've got here in town that's, you know, built on top of a junkyard and, uh, with all kinds of junk and stuff around, I thought, you know, I can, if they can do it there, I can do it here. I'm 18 miles from Asheville, so hell, I can make anything happen. Right. And so you start the construction. Mm-hmm. Um, take me through that process. What went What went up first? The stage or clear, clearing the land out, obviously, and getting the land prepped? It was the, the land and uh, getting, you know, getting everything just cleaned up and everything just started at once. I mean, from the uh, stage to the beer, uh, to the bar, to where the beer cooler and stuff's at, uh, to the whole thing. I mean, it just, whenever it started, it went. And the work that I'm in, my real job, you don't have time to wait. They don't give you time to, to think about stuff and plan and all this kind of stuff properly. I mean, whenever they want it done, the planning's already done. So that's been my mentality. Hell, let's just go. Let's just right. build it. So how long... Um how long until how long did it take before the stage was built or was the stage being built at the same time as the green room was being built from the, from the time I started from the time I from the time I decided to go mm. it was January in the middle of the winter mm-hmm. I decided to go in January whenever I decided to go in January we had our first concert if I'm not mistaken uh I'm going to say like the second weekend of April 
and everything was finished. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, we didn't let no grass grow under our feet. Right. So you had crews out there every day in the weekends as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a seven-day-a-week thing until we got it done. Did you have any idea what you were doing? Hell no. Does anybody ever? <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of... I, I mean, you had an idea in your head what you wanted it to look like. I had it in my mind what I wanted it to look like, and pretty much uh, nobody will ever know, but it's what it looked like in my mind whenever I got done. Right. So right. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it took longer with the permitting process than it did for me to make it all happen. Right. And so you you get it finished, and now you've got to book the first band. Mm-hmm. Who was the first band that played there? Well, that's the only one, Confederate Railroad. Right. That's the only one I cared about. Right. I wanted them, and after that, we could we could shut it all down. And you know, I have to really give a lot of uh, uh, a lot of I guess gratitude the right word to Jody Medford. He he helped me tremendously mm-hmm. find some people to help me get some people booked. Uh, well, that's and, not an easy thing for folks who have never done any sort of uh, music booking or something like that. Like. It's not just you've got the money and they'll come play. Right. There's there's a whole lot of other logistics and requirements and all the rider, rider lists and I all never, this other stuff. I never knew what the hell a rider was. Right. A rider is something that we get on and ride. I mean, I never right. realized you a cut rider. The grass with a exactly. rider. <laughs> I mean, we're riding a riding lawnmower. We're not. Right. Uh, what's a rider? I didn't understand what all that was. Yeah. Hotel rooms, food. I mean, right. and, and 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 what a lot of people don't understand is is the um, headliner, they can say yes or no on who the opening bands are. I mean, you right. have to get everything approved. Yeah. Once you once you figure out who your headliner is, it then becomes like a secondary filter that mm-hmm. everything has to go through. Exactly. Any organizations that you tie in with and any of that stuff. Exactly. And it's all contractual. Everything is. So the least little thing can cause an act to say, we're not going on stage until this happens. And you know what? And you're still paying them. Right. You're still paying them. Yeah. So you get Confederate Railroad booked. Yep. Did, you, did you have any idea what to expect No. F- for that show? I, I mean, had, you didn't really, you didn't set an expectation as I want a five, I want 500 people here. I want a thousand people here. You just said, I'm going to book Confederate Railroad and we're going to see how this thing goes. Pretty much. And I've changed everything from, from then till now, as far as coming through the gate to park into everything. Right. I mean, it's, it's. Well, the parking learn. situation is unique for the barn. It's very unique. Um, there aren't many venues that have you park in one place and then give, get you on board shuttle transportation and then take you to the venue and then bring you back. There's very few venues. But that I'm going to say that. something better to that. I mean, so so let's talk about the Civic Center. You park at the Civic Center. You right. park in the damn parking deck at the Civic right. Center. And you you're walk. T- you're, you're going to walk. You're going to walk 10 miles before you get there, but and you're going to get mugged. You're going to come back. Your car's going to be tore out of hell. Right. Uh, you may get 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 stuff taken from you along the way but i promise you from the time you park your car uh at where we park cars at to the time you get dropped off at the barn which is about a two mile bus ride mm-hmm. and then you're going to walk about 500 feet and you're there your car's not going to be uh, damaged you're not going to be right. it's you, watched yeah i've got security there i mean i got the sheriff's right. office there and uh, so, and from the time you walk 500 feet in just a pretty much a straight walk in, you're into the place. Right, right. And that, off, I mean, it offers a unique, it offers people a unique experience for a concert because it does kind of feel like you drive someplace, then somebody else takes you 
somewhere else. And, yeah. and if, if for folks who've never been out to the barn, the drive out there, you certainly do not feel like, okay, well, there's going to be a music venue on well, the other side of this. From the Charlotte street exit, we're 18 miles. Right. And I've had more people to tell me that they'd rather come to ride the bus. If, if I've gave them permission to park up at, up at my yeah. place. No, 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 no. We're, we want to ride the bus because yeah. I've had the same three bus drivers and, you know, they're great people and they're funny as hell. And, and believe it or not, the tips that they make, that they've told me that they've made. So, yeah. uh, so they've done something right. Well, and, and again, it offers somebody, it offers people a little bit of a different experience. It's mm-hmm. kind of more of that one night festival experience as opposed to I'm just going to a concert and I got to pay. Well, that's the other thing. There's no charge for parking. No, we don't charge for parking. I mean, you go to the Civic Center, it's going to be 20 bucks to get it into a garage. It's going to be $10 on a, on a pay lot somewhere. So you had the advantage that people in the Barnardsville community also tied on with this as well, right? I mean, well, it was pretty much when you said, okay, I'm going to do this, people in Barnardsville went, well, hell yeah, I want to be involved. Well, of course, you're going to have people that says, no, they don't want to be involved. But I mean, they're going to talk shit about everything. But the ones that I've got involved, I've got a church group that's involved that I pay that uses the money for parking right. that uses that money to help a youth program. Right. And so they help. And I've got people that work there during right. these concerts. You couldn't pay them. Uh, they get pissed off and mad at you if you if you forced them to take money. Um, so, and then I've got others that I do have to pay, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I've got people that just like being there. You've got the same crowd that comes and they could care less who's on the stage or not. I mean, it's a great, it's a place for folks who live 18 miles from Asheville mm -hmm. to gather basically with live entertainment. We've got a lot of people from Irwin, Tennessee, uh, Burnsville, uh, Spruce Pine that comes over and we've had them as far away, uh, as ride a motorcycle in from Pennsylvania. Right. So, so Night of the first concert, or let's go day of the first concert, band gets oh, there. Oh, it was probably complete controlled chaos, I would imagine. It was. Uh, Danny Shirley was is one of the best. I mean, he just, he is honestly to God, he's as down to earth as they come, and he's just one of the best. But I had a defining moment that night of that concert, and my right-hand man with my real work um, in the construction world his brother showed up and he brought a bunch of people with him mm-hmm. and they came over from Swain County and uh, great people. He worked for me for a long time. Great guy. Well, and I told my security guys, I says, we're not putting up no shit from nobody. None. I says, it's going to be a safe place. It's not going to turn into a bar. It's going to be safe for everybody. Right. I don't care. Well, just let me tell you who the first one was that they brought to me. And I was standing up front. And they brought him walking up through there, and and it was my buddy's brother that used to work for me from Swain County. Here he had brought probably 15 people in, right. and he had paid for all of them. But he was up front, and they had warned him. I'd already told him to calm his ass down one time. But nope. So here they brought him up there, and I thought to myself, oh, God, I dread Monday because what, right. am, what am I going to deal with with Monday with his brother? Right. And then what am I going to deal with with him because our real world? But I thought to myself, you know, if I don't stick with my security guys and yeah. what they've done, I might as well just damn close this damn thing down now. Right. Set the precedent. So what I thought of when I looked at him and I says, damn it. You had to be the first one. You had to be the first one to get your name on the wall. So the big thing is with a drunk, you just got to divert their damn attention. I mean, and he says, what do you mean my name on the wall? I says, for getting thrown out of here first. And I said, so you made the list. After that, he was happy. 
and uh, there was there was not a problem. But but we've taken that step every time. Yeah. Uh, and and it don't matter who it is. I mean, there's some people, there's some locals that that's not allowed to come back. Right. So the the night of the, the night of the show. Bands getting ready to go on. Obviously, you had contracted with sound guys to come in. Yep. You had contract lighting guys to yep. come in. You'd never dealt with any of these folks before. They One have special needs, obviously. Artist, artist. oh, my God. Uh, they're, <laughs> oh, my God. The neediest people, and they would never make it in my real world, in the yeah. construction world. Yeah. I mean, because... You realize every, how soft the entertainment oh industry is. Oh, my God, is they're so <laughs> soft. And it's, it's, it's pitiful. But... Uh, but honestly, I can say they're a great group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, the show goes on. Confederate <laughs> Railroad takes the stage. And was it then that you realized, I don't want to just do this. I want it to be more. I wanted to be more. I wanted to be more that night. I mean, I'd already had some things in the lineup that, again, Jody had helped me with. And a lot of it was just people, somebody that Jody knew that I was able to call in Nashville to make some things happen and along with some other people that I knew, and, and it just helped me a bunch. Concert ends, crowd leaves, fire pits are starting to burn down, I would imagine. Yep. Staff is starting to try to clean up everything. Yep. What are you thinking at that point? We can close it down now. We've had Confederate Railroad. We don't need nobody else. <laughs> right. You didn't I don't need nobody else. I'm I mean, good this to go. Was, you were literally going to turn yeah. this place into a yard yeah. sale. Yeah. We can damn turn it back into a hog pen now. I don't care. <laughs> well, the hogs are still there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got how many how many lopsided hogs you got on nah, that fence? Well, you've got several short-legged ones. Uh, yeah. I've had as many as 300, and I've got probably 18 or 20 now. So Right, right. So that concert ends. Yep. What's the next step? It's a book of the next show, right? I mean, that was where you, that was yep. kind of your mindset at that point. And, and we're at what, 2019 at this point? Uh, 2018, ain't we? 2018? I okay. think so, yeah. All 2018. Right. And uh, the next one, we were booking it, and that show, it was going to be Joe Diffie. And, uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, Joe Diffie had two number ones, uh, two songs that he had co-wrote or wrote with somebody that right. went to number one. So his money went from, uh, from down here to way up there. And I said, no, 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 no. We can't right. do that. So, and it worked and, and the industry works like that. Just oh, because does. you've signed an artist yep. for, let's say $20,000. If that artist gets a number of top 10 song, that $20,000 probably goes to $100,000. Even though you've already paid, reserved, and got the concert set, they can come back and ask for more money. And they can, they can just put you off too if they need to. Right. I mean, they're, they're the ones that's in control. So we, uh, Joe Diffie was going to be the one, and uh, so we ended up with uh, Buddy Joel, which absolutely was phenomenal. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy, but that was the turning point of the barn. Was okay. that night? So, or that, or or whenever, probably the week before that uh, was the turning point for the barn. When you realized that this was going to be a full time thing? No, when I realized that the barn was needed for something besides alcohol and music, it was needed to be able to be used as like a toolbox to be able to help the community and where other places and other people and churches and that kind of stuff just wouldn't go to be able to help people. Right. Okay. So now there's a purpose. Yep. 
besides now now that we, now that you've had the Confederate Railroad show, you've had the Buddy Jules show. Well, now now it's kind of the barn has a mission, basically. Well, and that mission was is North Buncombe had a tragedy, had an absolutely right. tragedy. We had we suffered a severe loss with two with two young kids, mm-hmm. um, or two young men, not kids, right. and and one of them's dad. And uh, we realized quick that, you know, uh, I started calling some friends of mine with some churches. And, you know, some people may like what I'm fixing to say, but mama said, tell the truth and don't worry about it. Uh, I called several churches and I said, hey, what are you going to do to be able to help, um, you know, right. help with these families because they need some money. And I went to church all my life and they said, um, you know, they didn't go to our church, so we really can't help much or anything like that. And and it's like, what the hell? You yeah. know, this is a big loss for a community. Right. It was more than a loss for just a church family. It was a loss so, for the whole area. So I called I called a couple of friends of mine and uh, said, hey, guys, we need to help. We need to do something. we got to right. do something to help them. I didn't know them personally, but we need to do something. So, but one of the one of the pastors stepped up to the plate and, um, and I... Uh, I commend him to this day, and I know him forever. And I mean, it's a, uh, and I don't care to tell you who he is. His name's Mike Thomas. He's at uh, Mount Bethel Church, and uh, he showed up. He was willing to help. He he said a prayer. He done he done everything. He done everything he could to, to promote it for us. And um, we raised that night. We raised a little over twenty three thousand dollars for a family that was left with nothing basically yeah, to pay to help right. pay a funeral expenses. Yeah, right. I mean. It was it was it was a tragedy. I mean, but it just showed what kind of people that came. I mean, they yeah. they gave money. We gave everything. I gave all the money from the from the ticket sales, from the beer sales, everything, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what we did. I mean, and that's and I felt like that's what we needed to do. And then moving forward from that, I mean, that was obviously like you said, it was kind of the defining moment of this is what we're going to use this for. And then oh hell, the gates opens up wide because then you've got every. Body and his damn brother calling and saying, "Hey, uh, can you help support this? Can you help support that?" No, I, right. I, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to uh, gift right. everything coming and going because if you do, you're never you, you're going to you're going to burn out your resources. Right. So a lot of the basically every concert that has been put on there, a portion of that gets donated. We've we've gave charity right. We've gave money. Everything that we've done, we've done for kids. I, I mean, you know, I feel like kids they deserve a chance. Um, adults they make their pathways, but these kids need a chance. Right. And um, I, I'm not saying we've gave money away from everything, but if you go back and look at it, we've gave a hell of a lot more away uh, than what we've taken in. Right. And uh, and no, we're not a nonprofit. My CPA asked me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, was we going to make this thing a nonprofit? And because it's been nonprofit, but but it's worked out for a need, and it's and it's I'm not right. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. It, again, this is it's it's more it's more of a a venue with a purpose and a mission than it is just a, a cash machine. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I so then 2019 comes around. 2020 comes around the beginning the you know January of 2020 comes around you're looking at you know it's, we're kicking stuff off in April and then all of a sudden covid hits well but 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 before we finish out that year though we ended up having some great entertainers i mean you know people couldn't believe who all we'd brought in there 
And, you know, I guess one of the proudest things that I'm, I'm the most proudest of is we bought every kid at Barnard Hill Elementary School. I told the principal, I said, I want the list that you want for everybody. Right. And, and, and so, I mean, we bought everything for their back to school supplies with that year. Right. And so, I mean, we've done a lot of good for a lot of kids. And then we had the, uh, uh, the Ryan Perry back, uh, backpack program that he, he was involved in that same year. Right. And we raised over 20 something thousand dollars, you know, with helping Ryan with that. And, uh, it was, it was a big night. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, it was a big deal for us that whole entire first season. So right. we could have actually closed down the first season and, and not started back up again with COVID and, and had done a lot more for the community than a lot of other things right. that profess to do for the community. Right. So, COVID hits, yeah, everything sucks. goes up in the air. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Uh, what were your thoughts? Was it just kind of, okay, well, this is just God saying, take a break? Well, no, I built, I decided, well, you know, it ain't going to stay like this forever. So, right. hell, let's damn build a VIP area. So uh, we come in and change some stuff around, and and uh, we created a uh, made a VIP section instead of uh, – Instead of just sitting there crying, pitiful, poor right. pitiful us, we decided we was going to, you know, make a VIP area. So while COVID was going on, while the shutdown's happening, you guys are actually improving the barn. Yeah. Right. That's going on. Um, then there was, we go through COVID and then we get the inkling of we might be able to reopen. Yep. Things might be coming back. Yep. The barn had an the barn had an advantage because out of all these music venues in town, very few of them are outdoors. Yep, you guys were out. We are outdoors, I should say, and that gave us kind of a little bit faster of a green light than everybody else. So once once we opened up back from COVID, what was the first show there from? After COVID, we only did one show. We only did we only just did that one that we, year, right? Well, we were going to do a second one, and right. and I can't say which group it was because um, we've already worked out our differences. But the um, they were going to they were going to come, and uh, but they told me that I was going to have to uh, um, mask. Uh, have everybody mask, have everybody show their 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 vaccine card uh, before they came in, and and I said no, hell no, we're not doing that. We're outside. We got to have some freaking common sense. Right. We're outside. There's nobody within ten foot of that freaking stage, and uh, so the governor has gave us the green light to open, and I'm not requiring no more than what the governor says we have to require. Right. And uh, so anyway, so. Fast forward past that, it caused a pissing match between the barn and this agent, and uh, so needless to say, they're not there, and uh, and so we're trying to work out some of those differences now. But but I'm not, you know, you got to have some common sense. Hell, we're outside. So the first, so the actual first show that we had was a fundraiser that we did, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, basically, you know, to uh, fix the uh, food pantries at the school, you know, to, mm-hmm. to load up the food pantries, not the backpack, but to, but to load up the food, food, food pantries and stuff mm-hmm. at the school. And um, <clears throat> we ended up raising uh, 36 or $38,000. I don't Christ. remember that year. <laughs> and, uh, and it was Joe Lasher and Ingalls. They got involved with it right. and uh, to help me out with that. Okay. 
And then it was from that point, it was pretty much if an artist wasn't going to give us a hard time about masking, mm -hmm. vaccine cards and all that other yep. crap, like we were green lighted and ready to go. Yep. And yep. we started pretty much once a month starting that April of 21, mm -hmm. right? Yep. April of 21, we were doing one at least one show a month for in April, In May. 21, I think we did uh, 11 shows, oh, if I'm not say, mistaken. It was, it was I, 10 or 11 shows. I was doing one like every other week, and I decided, you know, I'm wearing everybody out, and it's not what I wanted to do uh, because – it was for fun for me, not right. for not for working. And and I've had back surgery four times, and walking on that gravel for ten hours, it, it'll kill you. And right. uh, so I decided then this ain't fun. So if uh, if I'm going to be walking around and one thing or another, I'm going to uh, I'm going to at least enjoy it. So I cut it to one a month. So it's quality, not quantity. Right. And uh, so and so this this coming year is going to be that much better, but. I know we're not there yet, but but we've done I think eleven shows in twenty one. Right. So we we get through twenty one. Um, we had some pretty big shows. Yep. Uh, for twenty one, I mean, yep. you, you know, some of the crowds that we had were great crowds. Right. Um, I think we still probably hold the longest record for most number of shows with no one getting thrown out or no fights breaking out. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of times we've had to get up on stage and curse at people for being mean to bartenders. Yeah, exactly. Aside from that. Right. Um, it's I, just not that kind of place. Well, and, and it's not from whenever you walk in either. I mean, whenever you walk in, you've got, you're getting your bags checked when you come in the gate. Uh, there's security uh, there's security guys all over the place. You know, I got a Buncombe County uniform deputy outside there and right. one, one down at where we park. It's just, there's just a zero tolerance for bullshit. I mean, yeah. I want everybody to come and have fun, but you're not going to be disrespectful to my bartenders. You're not going to be disrespectful to the neighbors. You're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be doing anything that it's not, a, 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 you know, at least what kids hear at school and all this. I mean, you right. know, uh, it's just... It's just, it's going to be a, a family-friendly place. Right. No, it's not a church. Right. We do sell beer. We do sell alcohol, but so does Ingles, so does Cheddar's, right. so does Olive Garden. <laughs> <clears throat> so right about halfway, I guess it was probably, what, a quarter of the way through 2021. I think it was probably May or June of 21 is when I, is when I came on board with you. Right. And I was filling in for somebody at the radio station for an event to come out and MC. And I, I honest to God, I can't even remember what show it was. I I want to say that it was um, Jackal. Jackal. I want to say it was Jackal or the one just before Jackal. I think it might have been the one just before Jackal. But we, when I got there, I, there there really wasn't there really wasn't kind of a, a flow for how things were going to work necessarily from the time that we were ready to start the show and then the transitions and all that stuff. And it was like, all right. So I just kind of if you, reorganized things a well, little bit. Well, if you've ever been to Key West, you know everything works at Key West on Key West time. Right. So everything works at the barn kind of on barn time. Right. I want to stay close to the time frame, but, you know, I really don't get involved in – you know, hey, let's get your drums set up. Let's get your stuff right. set up. I mean, hell, it's it's not rocket science. It's, right. Let's just make it happen. But headlining acts are really the only ones that are true sticklers for time. If they're supposed to be on yep. at nine, they want to be on at nine. They want to be off at ten thirty. But for the most part, 
up until then, from opening from the yeah. from the national anthem until the opening or until the end of the opening act, it's barn time. Right. But but, but before you get before we get to Jackal though, that year we had we had we had a couple others. You know, Confederate Railroad was supposed to have come back. Well Danny turned a tractor over, hurt his back, broke his back, and they had to fill in with the Kentucky Headhunters. I right. mean so Richard and them came in and what was kind of funny, you mentioned hogs there earlier. Uh, Richard had a um, his his plot for how they had everything set up on the stage, and it was called the hog pen. And uh, and I and I looked at him and I says, "What the hell do you mean hog pen?" I said, "We got the hog lot here, dude." He didn't realize we had hogs. Well, sure enough, he started seeing them come over, and, and Richard was pretty funny. But the Kentucky Headhunters was awesome. They come in backfield that show we didn't have to worry about anything right. they didn't want to charge no more money they were just they done it without a contract they were just absolutely awesome so right. you know True hats, hats off to kentucky headhunters there right. and then we had this other bus come in and so we meet the bus down down at the school get them unloaded <laughs> hook them up to the hook the tractor up and bring their trailer in and yeah it's a regular farm tractor and uh, bring the trailer in and so we met this, this bus down there and and uh, so I asked the driver. I says, "Is the uh, is is he on board?" I says, "Is he with you?" Because sometimes they may not. They may yeah. they may be playing golf or something else. He says, "I am him," and I says, uh, "Really?" Was well, Larry Fleet? All right, driving his own damn bus. Right. So uh, that was pretty cool. And he was he was absolutely amazing as yeah. far as a person. I've not had nobody that's just wasn't great to deal with and talk to. Right. Um. 2021 starts to wind down. We started to get through the backside of the summer. We had a jackal. But let's go to Jackal first. Well, that, that's where I was going. This Jackal concert that we had. So, number one, we knew there was a chance of rain, but we didn't know we didn't know exactly what we were dealing with when it came to the rain. And I remember I remember looking at you before the show, before the gates were even opened, and saying, "If we get lucky, we may make it." To jackal before the rainfall starts falling. Probably my answer was to you uh, is the same thing that my guys here is that's in our real world uh, is it don't rain on Eddie's jobs. The fo- right. it may get foggy as hell, but it don't rain. <laughs> right, that's right. Uh, because with the companies that I work for, they don't accept rain as excuses much. They they right. want the jobs done. So right. uh, so we were going to have the damn show. It didn't matter, but but I I was I, it started raining. God Almighty! I mean, cats and dogs, horses, pigs, everything. But what was amazing was we had over fourteen hundred people there. That yeah, night. that was that was one of our biggest crowds, yeah. and it was people stood in the rain as it rained so damn hard. Right from about five minutes till six <laughs> to about probably about six fifty, everybody was soaked. Everything was soaked. Oh, and they didn't leave. No, they, they these people did not leave. They I didn't mean, complain. They didn't leave. No, they. I think they all. Most people went back by the fire pits and they dried themselves out a little bit, and then it was amazing. And I, then the I show just, was great. Right up until Jackal went on and the rain started again, but yeah, they didn't move. They didn't move. And Jackal. That was the other thing. Jackal. Basically, I remember Jesse saying to me, "As long as there ain't no lightning." We're going on stage. Jesse is absolutely the he's most. Class act. He's class act. He's helped me this year. Um, he's helped me with some other stuff. You know, he's involved in 
you know, he's involved with Full Throttle. He's involved with Harley Davidson. Right. He is just, he's the type of guy you pick up the phone and call and say, will you call this artist and tell them that no, the movie Deliverance was not being filmed here and please put us in a good word. And he's done yeah. that for us this year and right. he's, he's really helped us. So uh, Jesse's great. We get through that Jackal show. We were all exhausted after that Jackal yeah. show, man. I mean, I think between the rain, not only makes everything harder, but it makes everything heavier as well. Yep. So we got through that show. And I think we had a, we actually had a couple of weeks before we were going to have another, before we had another show, right. if I'm not mistaken. But we made it through that 2021 season and, and we were really, we really kind of hit a groove with how things were running with the mm -hmm. show and how things were doing with the show. And then 2022 comes around. Right. Um, we talked, I think, in February, something like that, and, you know, kind of figured out, like, all right, we're going to have, a, we're going to, this house MC thing is going to happen, so we're going to do this house MC thing. So I kind of, I kind of signed on to do basically all the shows in addition to if we were going to have radio personalities right. out there and, and whatnot. And, um, I kind of, we kind of came up with how this, how we wanted this to look and, and, while we knew we were putting on a good show, we also wanted to make sure that we had some activity with our audience in there. And then we had the idea, we need to have a, we need to get a kid from the audience up to come and do the Pledge of Allegiance with us right. and come and do the national anthem and, and hold the flag, and which is something that we do before every single show. Um, and you're going to take your damn hat off. And we're going, and you're going to take your damn ain't hat off. Ain't nobody taking no knee at the barn. No, there's no knees to be taken at the barn. No, I can promise you, Kevin's got it rode up in a way that you're asked to leave, you're co we're covered. Right. So we're not putting up with that shit. Right. It's nonsense. So we kick off the 2022 season. Um, we had a great show, mm -hmm. that first show. I can't remember who the hell it was, to be honest with you, because I feel like they they all just had kind of run together after a while. Um, our big one for 2022 this year so far uh, has been Chris Cagle. That was a, that was kind of the I mean as far as the biggest, Jackal opened us up yeah Jackal opened we had us a good up, right. we had a big crowd there with Jackal uh, then uh, Confederate Railroad brought out uh, we only done six shows this year right I mean and, and it's a lot of people says oh my God the barn's going down no the no. barn ain't going no damn horse <laughs> I'm I'm wanting to have six or seven shows a year big shows and that's what I want and I don't want no more well and and for for folks who you know for the folks who say that what they don't realize is, is how many other venues and events in town that we're competing with oh, in, God. in the sense of every single weekend. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat in this town and not find a good concert playing somewhere. The difference is it's not a concert at the barn. No. And, and, and the we're ones offering something different. The ones I'm trying to look at and I'm trying to not worry. What I'm trying not to do is I don't want to book and I'm not saying against, that's the wrong word. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I don't want to book against Silverado's. I don't want to hurt or book against um, the- uh, Salvage Station. Well, the uh, over at the um, Maggie Valley, July 23rd, oh, 24th. Right, 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 with right. Becky and Terry's uh, Hillbilly Jam thing. Right. Because they do that show once a year and they bring out everybody from, right. from the top of the mountains to the down bottom. And, uh, and so that's so their I, big fundraiser. Yeah, too. that's the big fundraiser that they've got over there. And I just don't want to uh, do anything that's going to upset that apple cart because right. there's a lot of good people over there that comes to the barn. So as it stands right now, we get through, we got through Jackal. Great mm -hmm. show with Jackal. Good crowd. Um, Chris Cagle was the next really big, big artist that we were bringing in. Yep. We brought in Chris Cagle. Um, 
ironically, Rain played a, a role in that show as well. But what was so interesting about that show was it didn't rain all the way up until nope. five minutes before Chris Cagle was supposed to go on stage. And I, I was standing backstage with Chris and he says, what do you think? And I'm looking at the radar on my phone and I said, I know, this is a crap shoot at this point. I said, because we just don't know how much is in this big green snot wad right. that it looks like someone exactly. blew on the radar. And I said, let me ask Eddie. And I went, I came to you and I said, what do you think? And you said, well, we're going to have to make a call. And whatever, whatever Chris feels comfortable with is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so I walked backstage and I said to Chris, I said, it's your call. And he says, if there's no lightning in the next 10 minutes, we'll go on. And this was all, we were already at 10 to 9, or we were already at 9.15, I think. So we well, were, if you remember, though, he came on for a couple songs. He came on for, what, three songs, I think yeah. it was. And then he went off because we there was lightning. And then next thing you know, he gave it some time. What impressed me, though, about Chris that a lot of people don't know, and only me and only he and I knows, um, is during that time, whenever it started slowing down the rain, he said, I want to go back. He said, I'm an artist. Yeah. He said, I'm here to play. Right. I could not believe his enthusiasm. And whenever he looked at me and he said, and he looked at everybody on his bus and he says, everybody off. Yeah. Well, hell, here, I, here my fat ass goes getting off the bus. No, right. he said, you stay. He says, I want to come back. He says, the people here deserve it. He says, and of course, I'm going to say this because it's my place. But he says, I love being here. And yeah. he says, I love the, the feel here. He says, it's just a great, a great feel. He said, yeah. I want to come back. He says, I'm going to work out a deal with you. If you work out a deal that you bring the same openers back, if you can bring everybody right. back, he says, bring everybody back. And he says, let's do this again. He said, I'm going to cut my rate. I couldn't believe that he done that. I mean, he done that on the site. Just for, I mean, he spent more time off the bus, yep. out in the crowd, yep. backstage, hanging out than yep. any other artist that we've had. Oh yeah. I mean a lot of artists they they once they get there they in their stages set they go on the bus and they don't you don't really see them until about 20 or 30 minutes before yeah, showtime but, but Chris was different. But I got to say something about Artemis Pyle. Artemis though. Artemis, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Played with Leonard Skinner, right. the real Leonard Skinner. Uh just incredible. He comes up to me and he looks at me and he says I want to open for somebody. And I says, what? He says, I want to open for somebody that you see up there on the hill. He said, you see back up there toward where your house is? He said, in the parking lot. He says, I want to open for somebody that we've got this whole thing filled up. Right. That is a humble man. Oh, yeah. That says that he wants to open for somebody because so many of these headliners think that. They're untouchable. Yeah. You know, they think that their crap don't stink. Well, not only and with Artemis and, and you know, Artemis is Artemis is an interesting guy. Number one, he's a hell of a guy to talk to. He's one of the kindest people oh, that yeah. you'll ever speak to. At the this last uh, Artemis Pyle show that we had, he made that young boys. Oh, my God. Absolutely. So Artemis comes pulling up in a golf cart and we had a young young man that was going to play the national anthem on his guitar, kind of a Jimi Hendrix style thing. And he's a local kid. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I asked, I looked at him, I said, uh, hey, you, uh, you want to meet Artemis Pyle? And he looked at me and he said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, hang on one second. And I walked over to you and I said, hey, Eddie, I said, we need to hook him up with Artemis. 
And we just grabbed him by the shoulder and told him to put his guitar down and, and set him in the front seat of the cart right next to Artemis Pyle. I yep. don't know if he knew whether to shit or scratch his elbow. No, he, he was, just, he he was just, starstruck, right? I he mean, was. He was, And the kid was good. Well, and then he looked at Artemis and he said, I, I, I really want to play with you. Yeah. I really want to play in your, I, you know, I want to play with you guys. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know that Artemis necessarily knew how to answer that, but right. he was real diplomatic about yep. it. And it was kind of like, well, let's see what you got. Artemis and, and he stood right there in front of the damn stage, right in front of that kid while he mm -hmm. played. No, and, uh, no, I'm sorry. He stood off to the side of the and stage and saluted yep. the entire time because yep. Art, uh, Artemis is a is a marine. Yep. You know, you've got a lot of great guys in in that whole Artemis Powell band. You, you know, you got oh, yeah. Scott Range, Jerry Lada, Dave Fowler. I was say, Jerry is just uh, a Brad Dernan. You've player. got a bunch of them. I mean, yeah. it's from right here. Yeah, and and that's the right. hell of it. And they're just good guys. So now we're uh, we're what we're almost we're coming down to the end of our season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of a it kind of sucks in a sense that we can't do shows through the winter time, but I mean, you know, we've got some exciting stuff lined up for next year. Next year, well, I'm it, really it, it's not even going to be next year before the exciting stuff happens. The exciting stuff's probably going to happen whenever me and you talk again. Yeah, so stuff we don't, that you we don't, don't even know what's going on. We uh, don't even have a schedule for this podcast yet as far as how often we're going to do it. No. We're just going to, throughout the winter, it's just going to kind of come sporadically. And, but there are some things that are being worked on right now. And I want to make sure we clear some rules up here now, and, and I don't care if you let this go. You know, I understand with a podcast, I, I don't have a filter. So it may be a damn it gets goes by or a, or whatever. I mean, but, and it's the same way at the barn. I mean, and I had a person to come up to me. Um, I went on stage and pretty much we shut the concert down because some people were just being rude to my bartenders. Yeah. Absolutely rude. And, and yeah, I, I let a couple words fly and told them we're not going to tolerate it and we're not going to tolerate that. And so I had this woman come up to me after a show, and she says, I cannot believe that, that you said that, she says, because there was a kid. And I looked at her, and I said, ma'am, I said, I promise you, I didn't say no more than what your kid's here at school. So I'm not going to damn tell you that, that even this podcast is going to be family-friendly. If, if your kid has virgin ears, then, then I don't need to be around them. Uh, but I say the same thing around my son that I say – all the time. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. So, and that's the way it is at the barn. I mean, that's, I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. So you're not going to tell anybody what's going on out there right now, right? No, hell no. Not even you. Not even just an inkling of what's going on. No, but it's, but when it does, it'll be big. It'll be good. Yeah. And it'll be first class and it'll be, uh, it'll be something that, that the northern part of Buncombe County, Madison, Yancey County needs, and hell, anybody else that wants to come from the rest of Buncombe County wants to come to, we'll need you. Some of the stuff that we've got lined up for next year is kind of uh, really different than what it's, we've done in the past. It's going to be go big or go home. Yeah, and uh, like we're 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 kind of looking at possibly some all day festivals, yeah, which is going to be a thing. One um, thing I did, one thing that I've done. Is the neighbors? I've got all all the neighbors except for one. Um, nobody really complains. I got yeah. one that's going to complain. It don't matter if the it don't matter what the hell. Well, it they is. were complaining when it was just the hogs out. Oh, well, he's going to he's going to complain. It don't make a shit. But anyway, um, but the others, um, you know, anybody that lives close, I let them in for free, pretty much. Right. And uh, uh, or I try to if if I know that they live there close. But I shut everything down by five minutes to eleven 
or 1101 has been the latest I've let anything go. And uh, just because, you know, I live there and, uh, and, you know, I don't want to, I've lived there all my life. So I've had one neighbor complaining in the beginning that ended up selling their house probably because of me. But, you know, they, they said, Hey, uh, we, uh, you know, we moved in this area because it was nice and clean and we didn't hear all this music and all this. And I said, well, let me tell you this. Well, they said, you messed up our Zen. And, (laughs) and I said, I listened to them. I listened to them talk. And I said, well, hang on a damn minute. You all messed up my zen whenever Yuns moved in that freaking housing development, and uh, and where it used to be a hog lot over there, and that messed up my zen. So, but now that person's gone, and me and the other neighbors in that housing development, we get along fine. So, yeah. So we'll uh, like I said, we don't really have a schedule for this thing. It'll be whatever you decide to do because I don't know a damn bit about this. Yeah, I got it under control. I figured. I know you've heard that before. Yeah, watch this shit. (laughs) (laughs) We will catch up with you all next time. And next time that we uh, do this, we're guaranteed some exciting news on what's happening out at the barn. Yeah? Exactly. All right.